0: It is really, really good. I've seen a lot this week. A lot of complaints about they're taking away our free speech. Taking away our apps. They're taking away our social media. They're controlling what we can say. You know, here's what I wonder. If you really want something to say that affects the world, I guarantee you we'll give you a Bible curriculum And you can speak as loud as you want into a young person's life. I say this. The founders who gave us free speech managed to speak freely without any social media platform. Oh, I'm touching something. But all of a sudden, because we've been conditioned that the only way we can share free speech is through social media. Now we're in an uproar that someone's taking away from us. I tell you this. When your speech is pure... When your speech is proper, hello somebody, God will make sure it cannot be taken away. So when we trust in someone else to give us permission, that's why it gets taken away. So if you want free speech, I got a curriculum that let you speak into people's lives and I guarantee it will change their life. My life was changed because someone used their free speech to teach a Sunday school class to disciple me in the word of God. Hello, somebody. You want to change the nations? You'll never do it with politics. They've been trying it since the beginning. I'm going to share with you a revelation in the scripture today about vision and purpose. About God's plan. We already have a Messiah church. When you make a Messiah out of politics, God will remove it. Turn with me in your Bibles very quickly to Ecclesiastes. I'm going to get to Ephesians in a minute. So Ecclesiastes, anyway, here we go. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. For everything there is a season. Everybody say season. This is a year of hope. You better guarantee I believe it. If I didn't, I wouldn't preach it. I wouldn't say what I don't believe. God never lets me live a sermon He doesn't require me to, to, to preach. And He doesn't let me preach a sermon that He doesn't, hello someone, require me to live. I say this this morning. I believe this is a year of hope, not because of what the world has going on, but because of what God has going on. There is a season. Do you understand that God said Jeremiah twenty eleven? How many of you know that scripture? For I know the thoughts that I have toward you, saith the Lord. Do you understand that God spoke that? After he told his people, you're going to go into captivity for 70 years because of your idol worship. You're going into captivity for 70 years because of your idol worship. This is what's going to happen. Babylon's going to take you away. But don't worry. I know the plan. See, we like to take Jeremiah twenty nine eleven and put it at the front of, of, of struggle so that we think we don't have to struggle instead God was saying in your struggle you're going to realize I got a plan oh y'all not listening to me the church has always prospered under persecution and under struggle it never has prospered in a time of comfort God's people get lazy everybody say amen and we sit back on our blessings. Are you with me, church? We sit back on our laurels. We sit back on all of the things that we get fat in the Spirit. And sometimes God has to allow some lean times to come to get our attention. And that's what this Scripture says. There is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. And God is letting us experience a season. Now, I need you to go to Matthew chapter 4. Some of the guys in the discipleship group, you're going to be very familiar with this Scripture. By the way, the Daniel fast starts today. And uh, some of you may have seen my little post about I always wondered why there's never a John the Baptist fast. But we can talk about grasshoppers and honey later. (laughs) Matthew chapter 4, I want to show you a guy that I know you know. And I want to talk through this about Season's vision and purpose. Verse 18, Matthew 4 18, while walking by the sea of Galilee, now Jesus had taken this trip his whole life. He, him and his dad were carpenters, and, and they uh, they had to go from Nazareth, uh, you know, around to work. And, and Nazareth's a little bitty place, and so uh, a carpenter shop probably didn't have enough business just in Nazareth to stay busy, so they would travel out. And no doubt, all of Jesus' life, he would walk by the Sea of Galilee, and as he grew older and older and older, he would probably be very familiar with the fishermen at the sea, because him and his dad would probably stop in the afternoons and buy fish in order to have supper at night, y'all telling me something you understand so when you read the scripture you can't just read the scripture through western eyes you got to understand what's been happening for a long time so while jesus is walking by galilee one day which he's been doing probably his whole life he saw two brothers who i i am almost i can't prove it to you in the scripture but i am almost confident he knew and they knew him He saw two brothers, Simon, who's called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen. Sure they were. Sure they were. And he said to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Now, I've never met this guy before in my life. He, he kind of looks like some spiritual guru. He comes up to me and says, hey, I need you to drop everything you've been doing your whole entire life. Leave it right here where it lays and follow me. No problem. Who does that they were familiar with Jesus and there was something about Jesus that always interested them and one day Jesus shows up based out of conversations that they had probably had about God and the kingdom and and all these things all of a sudden immediately the Bible says they left their nets and followed him and going from there, he saw two brothers, James, the, the sons of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a boat, Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called to them. And immediately, everybody say immediately. Immediately. Now, I'm just telling you right now, I asked for volunteers this morning for a children's church, and I didn't see anybody immediately go, yeah, I got you. Do you understand what I'm talking about? They're going to leave everything. This ain't just about teaching children's church. This is about leaving family, finances. This is about leaving home. This is about leaving geography. This is about leaving everything. Immediately, there was no hesitation. It wasn't, hey, can we process this thing? It wasn't any of that. They left their boats and their father and followed him. Can we pray for a minute? Because I feel like there's a little somberness with us today, and I want to break through that. Is that all right? Father, today, thank you that we can rest in you. Lord, maybe the events of this week has caused us to be shaken a little bit. Would you allow your presence to come, God, and just give us rest right now? Help us, God. Give us an ear to hear your word and a heart to receive it. I pray it in Jesus' name. Everyone said, listen to me, church. We serve a God of seasons. Now it's hard to embrace in that season, especially if we don't like that season. In those seasons that we don't like, it's very easy to get discouraged and downcast and feel like God isn't God. Or God's not doing what he promised. Or, or, you know, why me? Hello, somebody. We, 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 We fall into that Chris Christopherson religion. Why me, Lord? What did I ever do? Right? It's the front page of our hymnal in a season we don't like. What did I ever do to deserve even one? Come on, somebody. I'm human. I've been there. Somebody not happy with me, and I'm like, Lord, what did I do? Come on, somebody. This morning, I want you to just look around. Just look around. Just, it's all right. Just look around. You're used to each other. Over this building, there are faces of people who are sitting around you who, 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 who listen, you see, you, we all came into this place this morning together but we came from different places not only geographically but spiritually and emotionally and, and, and those type of things and for those of us who came in this place this morning so we some of us are different because of a season 2020 covid it changed us somebody say amen Yes, it did. It changed us. It changed the way we see the world. It changed the way we live in the world. It changed the way we operate. Don't say it has because it has. It has. Come on, used to you'd get a little runny nose and you wouldn't think about nothing. You just get some box of tissue and you take it with you and you go about your life. Now you get a little runny nose and you feel like you got to lock yourself into the coat closet at your house. Nobody this year's got the flu. As a matter of fact, Joe Chapman is the only person on planet Earth who got pneumonia. Everybody else got COVID. Now, I'm not downplaying COVID because it's real. I I believe COVID's very real. I, I don't think the pandemic is real. That's my personal opinion. Preach your own sermon. Don't send me no emails. It changed us it changed us and, and some of us are happy about that some of us are not happy about that some of us don't even know what to do about that It's just changed us you wake up in the morning you got a little headache and you're like oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh i, I lost my glasses i don't know where they're at i had a little headache this morning because i was reading before church I, I'm reading now and i'm trying to see the thing back there and and i got a headache I don't have COVID. It changed us. We came into this building today. We came into 2021 changed different some way, somehow. Everybody, let's just embrace that. But I need you to understand something. The revelation that God wants to give us about himself is something that is going to change us even more. I believe that, church. It's, it's Something's going to change us even more. And see, we thought we all just come into a Sunday morning church service, but we didn't realize that God wants to bring us into a place that's moving us into a new level, a new dimension in Him, change for His glory and for His honor. And we're all, we're all like Peter was this morning in this place, just living our life normal, and Jesus is walking by. And you're not unfamiliar with him. Hello, somebody. You're stepping into a season here. We're all stepping into a season here. We serve a God of seasons. We we see it in creation. It's in the Bible. We see the pattern of God moving throughout all of his creation, right? God creates four seasons based on the rotation of the earth and how it moves and orbits around the sun. Come on, somebody. The seasons change as the earth moves. Church, come on. I, I know some of you flat earthers are like, wow, well, I don't know. It's, stay with me. Stay with me. The scripture says the sphere of the earth, no, it's, it's in the Bible. Anyway, I don't have time to read. Seasons change. But the sun remains constant. There was a time when we believed the sun rotated around the earth. But revelation came. And a new understanding came. And people grew because of that. And now we realize the sun is constant. And everything moves around it. And in many ways, the signature of the creator, the signature of God Almighty, come on church, come on church, is on our lives in the same way. Because much like the earth revolving around the sun, our lives are revolving around the sun. Jesus Christ, S-O-N. I I need you to write this. And our lives will change, and we will enter and exit many seasons, but the sun will remain constant yesterday, today, and forever. I just need to bless you this morning. I just need you to understand, regardless of what's happening in all of the created cosmos, God is still the same yesterday today and forever and here is something I need you to write down I need you to get I need you to embrace with everything's in you God does not measure seasons with a clock or with a calendar or with situation and circumstances God measures seasons through truth and revelation And the truth of the matter is we learn things in seasons of struggle that we never learn in times of peace. We grow in seasons of struggle where we never grow in times of seasons of of comfort. Come on church. Whenever God gives us a fresh vision, whenever God begins to renew what he's doing on the earth inside of our hearts, we step into that with him. Come on, church. And just like our scripture says, there is a season for everything under heaven. And every aspect of our lives is as to a season and there is a purpose. I'm embracing the fact that there's a purpose to where we're at. I'm embracing the fact that there is a purpose to this season. And I'm embracing the fact that it's bigger. It's bigger than the limited perspective of anything political or medical. You can listen to the celebrity prophets all you want to. But I got news for you. There's a majority of those people who are only telling you what your ears want to hear. Nobody likes Jeremiah. But he's a prophet none the same. What you need to do is get in the Word so that your heart is postured to know who God is as we move through seasons. Matter of fact, I I would really appreciate it. I'm just going to say this passionately and lovingly. Stop sending me links to celebrity prophets. Please. I don't want them. Most of them have been wrong, and none of them have apologized. But this good book has never led me astray. Never. There is a reason God is moving. And through these seasons, we learn some things. And just because we're going through some stuff, just because we're going through a rough season, doesn't mean God is finished. Oh, oh, oh. Because he said, he said to us, he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And if Jesus has not showed up, I'm pretty confident God's still working. Y'all not listening to me, church. It's not any old work. It's a good work, church. You've just stepped into a season, right? This morning, I want to take a little glance, just a little look as we go through renewing our vision here. As we talk about 2021 being a year of hope, right? I want to walk us through Peter because I know we can identify with him and the seasons in his life. I want to give you three key principles right here to stepping into this thing once and for all. It's not a new vision. It's renewing our vision as a church. Stepping into this vision brings changes. Come on, church. Change is inevitable. I don't know if you understand that. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I mean, the older I get right now, the more I realize that change kind of escalates Sometimes. And in my mind, I still think I'm 18 years old, and I'll go to the gym, and and, and I'll do what I think an 18-year-old can do. And then the next morning when I wake up, my body says, no, 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 you're 49. Don't do that no more. Change. I can't do what I used to do. Change happens. It happens to all of us. It is a part of life, right? It's inevitable, right? We look outside the world around us and we know some things are different today than they were two years ago. And I'm not saying I'm happy about them all. I'm not saying that at all. I think there's been more foolishness. Hello, somebody. But I remember that God is a God of seasons, And even in his creation, he creates seasons, and each one is different than the other. And some are meant for growth, and others are meant for things to die off. Come on, church, y'all, y'all, y'all. We all complain about winter, but we realize, right, that God gave us winter to kill all the mosquitoes. Die! Just you—they're all fallen demons. (laughs) Die! Right? I hate winter more than anybody. And in these, in these seasons we go through, we realize that some are longer than others. You know, in Florida, it, it, seasons are a little bit different. In Florida, where I grew up, we would have to cool the house nine months out of the year, heat it three months out of the year. In Michigan, you have to heat your house 12 months out of the year. And I mean, like, <laughs> it's different. It's different. Sometimes it seems like your days on the mountaintop are long and glorious with God, and then other times you feel like the nights are longer. I, I do I, I do, you know, when time changes in the fall and, and it starts to get dark around two thirty in the afternoon. Well, that was an exaggeration, okay? All right, I hate it. I hate it. I hate that time of year. I need some sunshine. I I, I love it in the summer. When it's like 10 o'clock at night and the sun is still out, I'm like, "That this is me. This is my time. Lord, can you please never let this season in? But sometimes we go through seasons of long nights. Tears don't stop flowing and it seems like it'll never be over. And the one thing I can guarantee you during those seasons of long nights is what? The morning's coming. The morning's coming. I remember being on top of the mountain in Colorado, 12,000 feet. And it was cold. We got up early and it's dark. And I don't know those woods like I know Josh Wired's woods. So I'm out there in the dark in woods I don't know at 12,000 feet. Cold. Sitting down ready from, you know, God to bring me the biggest elk that ever lived on planet Earth. I know because he loves me. And... Jesus loves me, bring the elk, right? Like, and I can remember sitting there going, When will the sun ever come up? Come on, son, because I, I don't know these woods. I'm a little bit worried. Hello, somebody. I, I know there are lions, mountain lions in these I know there are bears in these woods, and, 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 and all of those, they want to eat me. So I come up, son. Nothing is more beautiful than sitting on top of that mountain and the sun peeking. Come on, somebody. You're like, that's the promise of God. No matter how cold I am at this moment, how dark it was for so long, there it is. You see, God gives us revelation about truth, vision, 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 to propel us into a different season, church. Would you just raise your hand this morning with me if you're a creature of habit? Okay, some of y'all lied. Big altar call coming up here in a little bit. God realizes that if he doesn't change some things, we get complacent. And I, I mean, as a kid, I always wanted summer to never end because I didn't want to go back to school. But God knows that I need a season of learning. Hello, somebody. And I'm looking at Peter here this morning. I'm thinking about God doing something with us in 2021. I'm thinking about this word that God gave me for this year about hope. I'm thinking about these ideas and these thoughts. that as I listen to the hearts of your eldership team and the greater leadership body talk about all the stirrings of God in our life and those type of things, right? And I I go back to Matthew chapter 4 where Jesus comes along one day, just a normal, ordinary day, probably nothing that hadn't happened every day before all of that. And one day, though, one day... One day, Peter's probably even expecting, oh, Jesus to be around here in a little bit. That crazy guy's going to have something to say about God. You know, it's just, man, it's just so different. I I really look forward to hearing from him about these things because it's a different perspective. One day, Peter, just an ordinary fisherman. Y'all not ready? Y'all not ready? One day, Peter was just an ordinary fisherman. Until... I said, until Jesus came walking by. And when Jesus gave Peter a word, that word was his vision for Peter. Peter's life was changed. In a moment and in an instant, he went from an ordinary fisherman. Come on, somebody. And Jesus says, follow me and I will make you. Follow me and I will make you. Follow me and I will make you. All of a sudden, Peter steps into a new season, a vision God for him, and he was changed. He went from a man-sized vision, a fisherman, to a God-sized vision, fisher of men. Y'all, help one day, Jesus, why, and everything's changed. It's a season. Jesus comes by and says, hey, Peter, you're moving from one season into another. You're moving out of the ordinary into something greater, right? And he made him. He transformed him from a nobody into a somebody. In other words, watch this. In other words, watch this. Jesus is going to make Peter something he wasn't before here we are church, we're wondering how do we live, how do we go, what's going on with us now in this world, are politics going to save us, is the government going to get right, Uh, what's going to happen to all of this and that and the other, and that's all I hear, it's all I hear, is noise. And I want to tell you as a church, here's what I believe, God wants to make us into something we weren't before. It's more than just, than just a change in vocation that is occurring in Peter's life here. It's an inward change that's taking place to, to, to cause him to be ready to embrace what God has for him. And the church as a whole. And this church. Everybody say this church. God has no intent for us to be ordinary. Never. God has no intention for us to be ordinary. We should stick out like a sore thumb. Hello, church. We, if, you think, if you think that there's an ordinary way to be a Christian, you have not read the book. God has no intent for us to be ordinary. God has no intent for us to be complacent and satisfied. You can't stay the same as you were after Jesus walks by. You can't. God has brought us through a season and it has changed us to prepare us for the next season. And He did this to make us what we were not. Come on, church. There's more to the vision of this church than just a place to perform a religious duty. God has used seasons to change us, especially one now, uh, on the inside. And and I feel like there's a hunger wailing up now inside of us for things of God like never before. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I can only keep my mind. There's a hunger inside of me for more of the Word of God. And this... Hunger has caused me. I'm hoping it's causing all of us to move in some ways. To realize that it's never more important than it is right now to be on mission. We have abdicated our responsibility to the planet, to the nations as a church. To someone else who has more resources, who has more fame has more ability we have abdicated our responsibility into the prophetic word that God has spoken to us personally if you want to read them I can show them to you There are pages and files, and and our prophetic team continues to write them down and just stick them in in, in folders, and, and we begin to hold on and encourage each other. This is what God has been speaking. This is what God is speaking, and this is what we feel God is saying, and all these things. This is a year of hope because change has highlighted purpose. Let me break it down for you. The word make... I'm going to make you. That's what he said to it, Peter. It means to sprout forth. That's it. It's not complicated. Sprout forth. There is a miracle in you. There is a miracle in us. You're going to hear from Eli in a few minutes. He just said, I feel like I have something to share towards the end of the message, if you'll let me. Because I feel like the whole atmosphere this morning has been, there's miracles, there's miracles, there's miracles. Now, Eli did not know what I wrote in my notes. I wrote it right there. There is more to the vision of this church than a place to perform some religious duty to make you feel better about yourself. There's a miracle in you. There's a miracle in us. And the season in our life has served as a purpose to nurture the seed that God has sown in us so that we can step into a new season so that that miracle can sprout forth. Your season is here. Our season is here. Covid has nothing to do with that as far as hindering it. As a matter of fact, I think it's propelling us. Stepping into vision is very important. That's why every year in January I try to re-encourage us, we have it. God has given it to us. I need you to embrace it and remember it. Uh, the book of Habakkuk, it says write it down. Make it plain. So that those who read it can run with it. Write it down. Remind that you're reminded of what you write down. There's there's a commitment to perform when you write down. Hello, somebody. But stepping into vision always brings with it new challenges. Come on, church. See, no doubt when Peter was called to follow, he faced some challenges. Can I share with you some of them from my perspective? Because I think we can relate. His faith was challenged. His faith was challenged. Listen to me, church. He had to step out of a boat into a storm and walk on water. you think COVID's challenged your faith? Brenna and I were talking the other day. All the doomsday prophets. We live in the last days and last. I do believe we live in the last days. But you know, John the Revelator, as he writes the book of Revelation... We understand who he is. This guy is a guy who was boiled in oil and still lived. I would not encourage you to stick your hand into boiling oil. I would not, I would not do that. But he still lived. And, I, and when all that was all over with, he, he says, you know, I was boiled in oil, but I really thank God that I don't live in the last days. I mean, that was bad. The church in America has not suffered. We haven't even begun to suffer. Yet we take our ability and our freedom to preach the gospel and we transition it to our freedom to complain. Y'all don't like me today. I would rather use my freedom to preach the gospel. Come on, church. I said, I would rather use my freedom to preach the gospel. I, my faith is challenged. My faith is challenged. My faith is challenged. Somebody's come on. My faith is challenged. You know what else was challenged? His feelings were challenged. Oh, boy. <laughs> one minute Peter's over here proclaiming that Jesus is the son of God, amen, and the next minute Jesus is looking him in the face calling him Satan. Get behind me, Satan. You know they pass their dons off sometimes. That hurt my feelings. You know what was challenged? And this is what I think greater than anything God is really challenging inside of us. Our prejudices and our traditions. We, we make something spiritual out of our traditions because they make us feel good about ourselves. But Jesus made Peter follow him into Samaria. I, I don't have time to read your Bible to you, Jews don't go there. But Jesus knew when he called Peter at the Sea of Galilee to follow him that he was going to make Peter follow him into Samaria. Peter's not, no, no, I'm not going there. Uh-uh, I'm not going there. No, 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 Jews and Samaritans, we don't have anything to do with each other. Those are half-breeds. And they're part Gentile and part Jew. And nobody, the Gentiles don't want anything to do with them. The Jews don't want anything to do with them. They're unclean according to the law. No, 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 I'm a Jew. I can't do that. And Jesus is like, hey, Peter, I got something for you to do. I promise you God will challenge every tradition and every prejudice you have in your life. I promise you that. Because God has got something greater for us. Let me tell you what else was challenged. His humility was challenged. When the Son of God the light of the world, the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end, lowered himself down to a servant, grabbed a bowl of water and a towel, and began to wash Peter's feet. His humility was challenged to the point that he said, no, 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 Lord, you will not wash my feet. And Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, you don't have any part of me. And Peter's like, pour the bowl over my head. Come on, church. In all these instances, Peter had to step into, up to the challenge. He had to step into and up to the challenge. However, there's one particular time when Peter steps into a season of failure. He went from following Jesus closely to following Jesus at a distance. You remember that courtyard where Peter denies the Lord three times? I want you to understand that Peter was far enough away from Jesus to not be arrested with him, but close enough to Jesus that Jesus could hear his words. And on the third time, Jesus and Peter's eyes met, and that rooster, that rooster crowed. You cannot follow Jesus at a distance. Come on, Church. When you do, you will always enter a season of failure. The Bible says that after that event, he ran off and wept bitterly. And that's exactly what's happened to us as we step into the seasons. We think we're going through hell. We think the world's going to hell in a handbasket. We feel dry. We feel empty. We feel Desperate. Despite our best efforts, everything has fallen apart. We feel like we've let the Lord down. Come on, someone. And we begin to believe that we're a complete failure. I'm talking to somebody this morning. I know that's why you're quiet. We're still trying to follow Jesus, but we're doing it at a distance. Remember, there's a purpose for every season. And here's what Peter didn't know. What many of us today fail to realize. Christ's love is greater than your failures. Just, come on, just receive that right now in the name of Jesus. You want a prophetic word? There's one for you. Christ's love is greater than your failures. When you fail to meet a challenge, when you fail... And from the Lord, in front of everything, when when something in your life has happened so hard, so terrible, that it makes you feel like you are a failure at life itself, there is a grace and a mercy that is far greater than your shortcomings. I'm preaching to you today. Don't let that that stop you from stepping into a new season. Don't let that stop you from believing that God has a vision for you it's different than what you you thought it looked like. I got news for you. It might even be different than what God initially thought it would look like. But our God who sits on a throne, who sent His Son Jesus to redeem us, can not only redeem our souls, He can redeem our lives. Amen. And He can put back together. Amen. What no one else can put back together. And He can do what no one else can do. And I want to preach to you this morning. I want to tell you, don't be afraid to step into vision. Don't be afraid to step into a new season if you feel like you've come through a season of a failure if you feel like all hell is coming loose and you are a loser god is calling you up peter god is calling you up peter and he says i'm gonna make you something you wasn't before mm. now peter had a choice just like us he could have done what many of us do today and use our failures as excuse You don't understand. Come on, we turn into Eeyore. We turn into Charlie Brown. I'm doomed, right? Like, I mean, this is. And because we use our excuses, this is why we can't continue to see our miracle live out in our lives. But that was before we had an encounter. Oh, we're the risen Savior. I'm telling you, that was before Jesus walked by. We have a choice. We can live in the chaos of the season that was 2020. Or we can embrace that God has used it to highlight his purpose for our life. I'm asking you, church, church, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Jesus, he says, I need you to go to Jerusalem and wait. Because something's coming, church. I I, I need you all to embrace this right now. I just feel in my spirit, God is saying, something's coming. Something's coming. And, and, and it's going to be greater than you ever thought. It's going to be, I've been, I'm moving you into something that's just going to make you different than you were before. And I don't have anything to do, amen, with anything our physical eyes are seeing. Y'all, y'all, I want you to embrace it right now. He told Peter, don't leave Jerusalem until the Holy Ghost comes. Because I got something for you. I got something for you. And, and there's an upper room there, Peter. I need you to be there. Because I got 119 other people who are going to be there with you on up at me. I got I got some other people that I got some stuff for too, Peter. And I need y'all all together when I do this because when what I do, amen, it's gonna be so powerful that it's gonna unite you in such a way that it's gonna change the world. I don't preach to the church down the road. Sometimes, but when I do, I don't preach like this. This is us, this is who we are. This is our vision. This belongs to us. God has given us something. Jesus has walked by our Galilee and said, I, I, I need you all to come on over here because I'm going to make you something you weren't before. I need you to follow me. I got something for you, right? And I, and I need you to understand that it's coming. It's coming. And what's coming is going to empower you. What's coming is going to strengthen you. What's coming is going to cause you to be what you weren't before. What's coming I'm going to use for my glory and for my honor. What's coming? What's coming? What's coming is a new season season because I got great vision. I'm tired. I'm tired about hearing about the celebrity churches. I'm tired of our people having to look somewhere else for a word from God. You know where you find a word from God? The altar that you build. Oh, We've got a choice as a church. Having our hearts fixed on the things. The one and only thing. They waited it out. They sought it out. They prayed it out. And the Holy Spirit consumed that place. In the same way I believe that God desires to consume those of us together with one heart, one purpose. If we will wait. If we will seek it out. If we will pray. God will do it. And in Acts chapter 2, Peter steps into a new vision, a, 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 a new season. And, and it's a very season, I believe, that you and I are stepping into 2,000 years later. But see, what Peter didn't know was that God was preparing him for something the earth had not yet experienced. Now, I wrote these notes. That, I wrote that down in my notes Thursday afternoon after I had finished the notes and sent them off to the media team. I'll read this to you again. What Peter didn't know was that God was preparing him for something that the earth had not experienced before. You know who said that statement to me? He walked right into my office and he said, Pastor Don, what Peter didn't know was that God was preparing him For something that the earth had not seen before. And he said. They don't get it. They don't understand it right now because of the chaos and the confusion of what is happening around us. It's causing us to get our eyes off of Jesus and off of the kingdom of God and onto the chaos in the world. And that does not instill hope, That hope that this year is supposed to be. It doesn't. It, it only instills fear and, and apprehension and it only causes us to pull back. We need to be like Peter and understand that God is preparing us for something the earth had not experienced yet. Uh, he looked me in the eye and he said, Pastor Don, Uh, that was Pentecost and that was the birth of the church but I feel like that's us and that God's vision is this God's vision for us is this we were born for this and he dropped the mic and he walked out of my office and I was like come back here I gotta write this down that was Brenna. we were born for this Come on, church. We were not born for a season of comfort. The church was left because the world is broken. The church was left because the world isn't right. The church was left because the world needs to get ready for the second coming of Jesus. That is our job. And when all of the world is falling apart, our purpose is greater. Our vision is greater. We were born for this. I got scripture to prove it. I've been doing an in-depth study of the book of Ephesians because I had to turn the news off. Turn it off. Turn it off. I'm not telling you the truth anyway. This book will never lie to you. Ephesians chapter 3 of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace which was given to me by the working of the power uh, to me Though, though I am very least of all the saints this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone that was the plan of the mystery everybody say mystery that was hidden for the ages in God who created all things so that through the Church, I don't have a trick Bible. The manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. Let me tell you something. There's a devil loose in this world, and there are demons afoot, but I need you to understand uh, God uh, in His wonderful grace and mercy has revealed the mystery that through the church uh, He was going to share Himself uh, to the lost world. And that revelation was going to be so powerful that every principality and authority, every devil and every demon was going to have to bow its knee and say you are right Jesus is king we got vision we have purpose I don't know what to tell you this morning but we have been left here for a reason and for all you people who are ready to check out because politics aren't going the way you want to you are missing what God is doing I can preach the gospel regardless of who the president is. I can preach the gospel whether they delete Twitter or Parler or MeWe or Fussbook. They've been doing it for years. I remember a time when there was no such a thing as Fussbook, and we did just fine. As a matter of fact, I think we did a whole lot better. Take it away. You know what they can't take away from me? The fire, the glory, and the Holy Spirit that's been poured out inside of me to preach the gospel. They can't take it. They can't take it. And they can't take it from this church. They cannot take it from us. And I don't care what you think. You can fuss and you can argue, amen, about some American right you think is getting taken away from you. But God's got more important things to do than some American right. He's got the gospel to preach to the nations. Use your freedom to preach the gospel. Not share conflict and condemnation and conspiracy theories that don't benefit anybody. Let me tell you something right now. I don't care who they inaugurate on January 20th. Jesus is still Lord. My mission don't change. I don't care what party has got control of the Congress or the Senate. My vision doesn't change. Because one day, Jesus walked by before there was a Republican Party. Before there was a Democrat. Y'all not helping me? I'm as American as it gets. But I understand that God gave me a place to live to preach the gospel. And the stories of the founding of this country are not stories based on selfishness. They're stories based on sacrifice and an honor to the vision of God. Y'all don't want me to preach you see, because I'm going to close with this because i got to go. This church is stepping into vision. And because of that, God is birthing new champions. I said new champions. New champions. And, and you young people, you better get ready because I've tasked Reno on the 24th of January to speak to you about that very thing. How you can own the vision God has given this house. Not tomorrow, not next year, not when you get of some certain age, but right here, right now. Josiah was 16. Peter was a man who was transformed from a fisherman into a preaching powerhouse. And I believe those who knew Peter three years before were amazed to see this champion that they had not known. God did not save me and you to be chumps. He saved us to be champions. God has transformed us by his power, church. And he is calling his champions to step into his vision. I believe God is calling us, in spite of what's happening in the world around us, to step into a time and a season of power and prosperity when everything else is weak and poor. And y'all better believe, y'all know I'm no prosperity preacher. But that requires all of us. Come on, church. We're stepping into a season where all the peoples of the earth shall see that we are called by the name of the Lord. We're stepping into a season where the Lord is going to open up his good treasure and bless us so that we can do what he has called us to do and so that we can be the, bar, the, 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 the lender and not the borrower, so that we can be the head and not the tail, so that we'll be above and not beneath. Come on, church. We are stepping into a season where God is about to tear back the veil of the heavenlies and release some things. I believe it. Those, those of you, some of you, those of you who have felt hold, held under, I believe this is a year you're overcoming. Those of you who feel like you were forgotten, this is the year of hope because you're going to be remembered. Those of you who were depressed, I mean, this is the year of hope because God's about to cause you to rejoice. Those of you who were rejected, this is the year of hope because you are about to understand what it means to truly be accepted. Y'all not listening to me. There, There is a downtrodden spirit. I felt it when we came into this room today. Felt it, it was hard to worship. Y'all didn't clap like you normally do. What happened? Did Wednesday rob your store your joy? I'm preaching. What happened? I believe this is a year where the downtrodden is gonna lift their head up and say, Where do I look? From whence does my help come? Come on, somebody. Like the psalmist, we're going to re- lift our eyes unto the heavens and see our Savior like Isaiah did in the year that King Uzziah died. I saw the Lord. I saw the Lord. I saw the Lord. And he was high and lifted up. His train filled the room. And the glory of who he was was revealed to me. Some of us are going to see the Lord like we've never seen him before. Those of us who've been grieving and joy, hey, come on, church is coming. Those of us who've been poor, come on, church, Whew. we're gonna realize just how rich we've been made. Those of us who've been afflicted, we're gonna walk in wholeness. Spiritually and physically. I'm going to proclaim it right now. Just let me prophesy for a minute. Healing's coming in this room spiritually and physically. I said healing's coming. It's a miracle God has promised. It's coming into this room. We're stepping into a season where those things that have been taken away from us are going to be restored 100-fold. And you can't get a 100-fold restoration unless something was first taken. So stop your barking about what you think you're losing and understand that your God is greater and that he's got vision get on with it! I'm talking to some people this morning they're liable to ban this sermon from Facebook I hope so (laughs) this has been a year we just came out of where some of us had to learn to praise God all by ourselves to praise God through some tears We had to praise God through some loss. We had to lay hands on ourselves, Huh, church? Sometimes your mind ain't right. You just got to lay hands on yourself. In the name of Jesus. That's what the Bible says. It says, cast down every evil imagination that exalts itself above God. That's what the Bible says. In the name, get out of there. Some of you got to hold your own hands up while you pray for somebody else. I'm praying for Eddie, Lord. Come on. I just stopped by to tell you this morning. That season's over. And we are stepping into a new season, church. Our season is upon us and it's right now. Come up here, Eli. Hand me that mic right there, brother. Our season. Come on up here, worship team. Our season is upon us right now. I said our season is upon us right now, right? Your season is here. There's a fresh anointing flowing inside of you, and God is making you a champion. I need you to understand that when we reference the fact that God is a miracle-working God, it's helpful when we can look at something and go, yep.
1: So about four months ago, my dad um, caught COVID, and we went through something that we never thought we would go through. He took it really hard. Um, by the beginning of October, he was, um, they had him under sedation. They had him on a machine, which they call an ECMO, which basically draws blood out of your body, oxygenates it for you, and puts it back into your body. That's how bad it was. Um, that machine is a machine they use for heart
0: surgery patients. Yes. When they pull the heart out and they work on the heart, they hook you up to that so that it pumps blood through your body instead of the heart. So you get oxygen to your body until they put
1: the heart back in. Okay, so just so you understand what kind of machine he was on. And my sister and I, my whole family actually, we went to the hospital to see him. Um, he was asleep, obviously, but they allowed us in. And to see him on that machine, I, it's something you never think you're going to experience in your entire life. You just can't put yourself in that position. Um, but I just felt like God told me in that moment, I'm making all things new. Come on. And at the beginning of October... Um, my wife and I were in, on vacation in Florida, and uh, the, the nurses and the doctor called my sister because she was the, whatever you call that, they called her and said, it doesn't look good. Uh, they said, his heart has stopped over a dozen times, but immediately after that, it would stop for a split second and it would just start up again. That happened over a 12-hour period. His heart stopped. They were saying, it doesn't look good. We don't think he's going to make it, and I said, "Bull crap. Come Yes, on. he is. Yes he is because I know the promises that God He's calling bull. <laughs> I like it. And at the Y'all begin- need
0: to pray that way. Why are you scared? Oh, you. No, I like you don't no, act like you don't think that way.
1: It was no coincidence that my wife and I had prayed at the beginning when he went to the hospital that for whatever reason we were praying for we knew Dad was gonna be a miracle. I didn't think it was gonna be this severe. I really didn't. I didn't think I think it was I thought it was gonna be a two week thing. That he was going to be back home and he was going to be with us, but guess what? He's still not home with us yet. But he's at a rehab facility. He's wheeling himself around in a wheelchair, and he's working hard to come home. <laughs> he told me this week. He told me this week. He said, "Eli, you share my story. You tell them that I'm here for a reason. And that my life has changed forever. My life has changed forever. My family's Jesus life has changed back. forever." And he's going to come home. He's going to be a new man. He may be on oxygen and in a wheelchair for a while, but my dad is brand new, and so are we.
0: Come on. Come on. No, no, no. Come on. Stand with me. Come on. Now, this morning, as we sit here, Mr. Jeff Johnson of our church is in ICU. He's on a machine. We're getting good reports right now. And many... In our congregation right now can't be here because they've either tested positive or they've been in contact with somebody who has and which I appreciate. I trust me, I hate to see the empty seats, but I understand this is the season. But this should cause us to to come to the altar even more. And this should cause us to see that miracle and go if God is there, I know He's here. If God is doing that, why is he doing was he not come on church. And so I'm going to ask Eli right now to pray. Not only over Mr. Jeff, come on, but everyone connected with our fellowship, connected with who we are and what God is doing, that right now has to face this this thing, COVID, for one reason or another. Listen, every week I shake everybody's hands because I'm committed to doing that. And every week I just have to pray Psalms 91 because I don't, you know what I'm saying? So if you see me walking around putting sanitizer on my face and my head or sniffing at everybody, you know what I'm saying? Like... But I want Eli to pray for us right now over this situation. Right? Is that okay? Do you feel faith in this room for it this morning? I do. Do your thing, brother. Pray for us. Pray for Mr. Jeff and for everyone who's battling COVID.
1: Lord, we know that the year of 2020 was a year of grieving. It was a year of pain. But just like Don said in his Christmas sermon series, there is just because we're in the presence of you doesn't mean there's an absence of pain. Mm. We sometimes have to struggle to experience new seasons. And Lord, The year of 2020 taught us that but you're walking us into a new season in the year of 2021 and lord i just pray over all the families the church for the year of 2021 to be a year of new vision of healing lord
0: come on jesus lord
1: i pray for all the families that are experiencing the uh, the loss of covid uh, for family members that have had COVID or are going through it right now lord we know you're a miracle working god i've seen it with my own eyes my family has seen it we've experienced it in real life I get to talk to my dad every day because of the miracle-working God we serve. We yes. know that you have more miracles, not just for my family, but for the whole entire earth, Lord. COVID is not going to knock us down. It may be knocked down for a little while, but we're going to get right back up. We're going to keep fighting. Lord, we just speak healing over the earth. We know this is a year of hope. This is a year of restoration and of new season of new vision, Lord. And I just pray that your will would continue to be done in and through us in this year of 2021. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen.
0: Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. <clears throat> Maybe it's a year where you feel like, how can I have hope because God didn't do what I wanted Him to do, and that's not how my story turned out. You see, here's what I'm saying. You got to understand God is using all things to make us into something we weren't before. And you got to understand that in His sovereignty, God doesn't think about our life in terms of days, He thinks about eternity. And we have to embrace the sovereignty of the Lord so that we can have hope in knowing that God is God. And that he wants to reveal himself to this lost and dying world through the church. It's right there. Through who we are and what we're doing. And how else other than to use what should have broke us for his glory. Come on, church. What could use, to use what should have fallen apart that? Miraculously, he didn't for his glory. Either way, God is going to get some glory. And so this morning, as we lift our hands, just want to worship the Lord here for a minute. just want to worship the Lord here for a minute. If you want to come to the altar, come.
2: Come on, if God has spoken to you and he's moved on your life,
0: come. If you're at home now watch watching. You can stand up right where you're at. Raise your hands to the Lord. kiss your altar, your coffee table. Right
2: there. still what you do. still be raised. Giants are still slain. God, we believe. Yes, we can see. Hallelujah. Wonders are, are still what to do. We are here. is come
0: To this dream real quick and we'll close
3: I'll try to make this quick uh, I had a dream in September when I just started coming here and it was for me I know it was but I'm realizing that I think it's for this church as well uh, I was driving and I saw uh, a bad situation happening at a house I'm, I'm gonna try and not get into too much detail and I thought I would be uh, Superman and go in and, and rescue that situation well, as soon as I pulled in, I turned my lights off. It was dark, and uh, and I was getting out of the car with my my pistol. And uh, as soon as I opened the door, I was attacked. Um, and and uh, this vicious man attacked me and drugged me inside the house. And him and his buddy, uh, they had other people in there, and they were doing horrible things, just unspeakable things. And it was just horrible I was tied to a chair and all this stuff and and it was uh, I was so terrified for my life and uh, and I thought to myself in this dream maybe he'll come maybe he'll come and save me I didn't and I don't I didn't know who it was I was saying that but maybe he'll come and save me out of this and I'm telling you all of a sudden the door swung wide open and this man stepped in and said let him go he's mine he said what are you doing here you come with me and it was jesus jesus showed up when i was in chains and bound and he took me out of that place and rescued me and maybe that's 2020 for you guys where the enemy has had his way enough and you're just thinking maybe he'll come well he is coming he's here today He's here to rescue you. You've got to reach out and grab it. It's here for you. Jesus showed up. He stepped in. He walked past. And I took a hold of that. And we walked out. That's our story. After that dream, the Lord said to me, he said, as a summary to that dream, he said, the devil sees you coming. And his plan is to destroy you. Okay? And then he taught me how to guard my heart. So church, this is a season of hope. And we need to guard our hearts. Because just as the Lord is always speaking, so is the devil. And he wants to whisper lies. I've had enough of it.
0: you for the gift the grace that you gave us all to be born in this beautiful country God it's ideals, it's principles shine like a light into the dark world God we know that men love darkness more than light and so the evil resists the light but God we pray that you would cause our light to shine even brighter and it's an humble humbleness right now God that we cry out to you and say Jesus we need to move take us back God to the time of ten revivals God where the spirit of God was moving where miracles were happening God where we would do nothing but trust you where we would proclaim righteousness and call out unrighteousness where as a church we would be bold and full of liberty God come and do what only you can do in this country We know you have vision and purpose. We embrace it. And we wait for you. In Jesus' precious name. And everyone said, come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Turn around and tell somebody. We have vision. God bless
2: you. You're welcome to go, but if you want to keep getting ministered here in the front, if you want to keep crying out, if you want to keep worshiping, you're more than welcome.
0: someone. We got vision. Come on. God bless you.